Palanter Craters Upstart plunges because of the biggest analyst calls of the day. We hear from Janet Yellen on the economy. The Federal Reserve warns of market liquidity worsening and Ford sells Rivian shares. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. Not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Sleeps, pal. Just made eight hundred thousand Hong Kong gold. There are three ways to make a living in this business. First, be smarter or cheaper. What is going on and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pound of the Table. I'm your host, Luke Tonay, and let's get right into it. The markets continue their descent. Dow Jones down 653 points, NASDAQ down 521, and the S&P 500 down 132. We go sector by sector, group by group, and what in the world do we see? Well, we see the best performing sector still in the red, down 0.23%, that sector being consumer defensive. Meanwhile, the worst sector on the day, energy, down 7.41%, and right behind it, consumer statisticals and technology. So just a nasty day in the market. But getting in to the biggest headlines of the day, of course, we're going to kick the show off with some earnings. So this morning, you take a look at Palantir stock, and my, oh my, what an ugly day for that name. They reported their numbers for the quarter. And of course, well, it didn't go all too well. That named down 21.31% today. So let's get into the numbers. Palantir delivered an EPS of two cents adjusted compared to four cents expected. So definitely not great there. Missing on EPS, they reported a net loss of $101.38 million for the first quarter, which was better than the loss of $156.19 million from the fourth quarter of 2021. But still, it's a loss and it wasn't what investors wanted. Also, revenue for the quarter coming in at $446 million compared to $443 million that was expected by analysts, but still revenue up 31% year over year. Now let's break down that revenue, commercial revenue for the quarter coming in up 54% compared with the same quarter just a year ago. And Also, government revenue increased 16% year over year. Meanwhile, the company's customer count actually increased by 86% year over year. So the numbers, not entirely bad, but the company did miss expectations when it came to EPS and investors definitely didn't like that. And as we all know, there's not much margin for air for these growth companies in this market. Now shifting into guidance, Palantir actually noted that they are expecting $470 million in revenue within the current quarter, which was below the expectation of $483.7 million. So that was likely another reason for the outsides selling of Palantir shares today. Also, looking at full-year guidance, full-year 2022 management over at Planter believes that they can deliver an adjusted operating margin of 27%, and they also anticipate annual revenue growth of 30% or greater throughout 2025. And there's the update on Planter earnings and why in the world that name was selling down so hard today. Now, taking a look at another name that is definitely struggling, and that name is Upstart. Now, they report quarterly numbers after the bell and well it didn't go all too well the stock cratering over 40 
40%. Yes, you heard that correctly, 40%. In fact, as we speak today, at the very moment, it's down 45.53% here after hours at 7.59 p.m. Eastern time. But getting into these numbers, upstart delivering quarterly revenue of $310 million. Now, that's up 156% year over year from the first quarter of 2021. So pretty darn solid revenue growth there. Total fee revenue coming in at $314 million. That's an increase of 170% year over year. Now, Gap EPS, diluted earnings per share, you could say was 34 cents and diluted adjusted earnings per share coming in at 61 cents. Not all too bad there. It is positive. Gap net income coming in at $32.7 million. It's up $10.1 million in the first quarter or from the first quarter of 2021. Also, income from operations over at Upstart coming in for the quarter at $34.8 million. It's up $15.6 million year over year. Contribution profit coming in up 165% year over year at $147.8 million for the first quarter of 2022. And then adjusted EBITDA coming in at $62.6 million. It's up $21 million year over year. So the numbers overall weren't that bad for the quarter. In fact, they're pretty darn solid. You have a contribution profit of 165%. You see EBITDA growth there. You have income from operations up. You have net income up. You also have EPS coming in net positive and revenue up over 150% year over year. I mean, what is there to have an issue with? Well, it all came in to guidance. So second quarter, 2022 guidance, upstart management is expecting revenue to come in within a range of $295 million to $305 million, a contribution profit of roughly, or a contribution profit margin of roughly 45%, net income of negative $4 million to $0 million. Investors aren't too happy there. Adjusted net income of 28 to $30 million and an adjusted EBITDA of 32 to $34 million. And then for the full year, what is management expecting? Well, they're expecting revenue of approximately $1.25 billion, a contribution margin of roughly 48%, and an adjusted EBITDA of approximately 15%. So overall, guidance sending upstart to the downside, the name missing some quarterly earnings metrics. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have to talk about Cohen reiterating Peloton as outperformed today. They go on to say, quote, we expect sequential declines in net ads. Units sold in revenue as Peloton cuts marketing to gauge organic demand. We'll look for an update on recent restructuring expected to drive $800 million in savings by full year 2024. Our revenue estimate is plus 3.7% versus consensus and EBITDA loss estimate is in line. Cohen reiterating Peloton as outperform. We also had Deutsche Bank reiterating Starbucks as a buy today. The firm went on to say, quote, the U.S. business continues to exhibit positive momentum with three-year stacked SSS or same store sales trends holding firm sequentially despite the negative impact of Omicron due to bank liking the resilience of Starbucks U.S. business. Shifting into Morgan Stanley, reiterating Home Depot and Walmart as overweight. Maybe that was a reason those two names were green and a sea of red today. Anyway, Morgan Stanley goes on to say, quote, sales and margins trends for retailers broadly and for the mega caps reporting Q1 next week aren't as bad as their recent stock performance suggests. Now, shifting in to 
Dunningham reiterating Amazon as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, Amazon remains our most actionable buy rated name in the short term as it seems to be closer to the headwinds reversing and has market share opportunity to accelerate volume even if underlying demand slows, reversing recent margin issues. Dunningham reiterating Amazon as a buy. City Today reiterating FedEx as a buy as well. The firm went on to say, quote, FedEx could become e-commerce universal shopping cart by augmenting shop runners, hundreds of merchants, partners to thousands and building a base of millions of subscribers that would get free expedited shipping. Now, shifting into a call out of Mizuho, reiterating WeWork as a buy today, Firm on to say, quote, in 1Q, we anticipate management highlighting one even further revenue visibility and two cost control. We also see several catalysts ahead and note in our bull case for the potential of shares to double over the next two years. And then our final analyst call of the day was at a Goldman Sachs initiating Rivian as neutral today. Now, the firm went on to say, quote, we expect one area of investor focus to be on Rivian's production outlook and its manufacturing ramp progress. We believe the company has made strides in the first quarter of 2022 as it produced 2,552 vehicles compared to 1,015 in 2021. Goldman Sachs initiating Rivian as neutral. Now, shifting away from the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have to talk about what in the world Janet Yellen was saying today. And she was referencing a lot of what is going on when it comes to the global economy and overall simply global conflict. She talked about the impact of the Russian and Ukraine invasion on the U.S. economy and the China COVID lockdowns on the U.S. economy as well. Now, she is set to testify before the Senate Bank Committee on Tuesday, so that's something to note. But in her written testimony that was released ahead of the hearing today, she went on to say, quote, there is the potential for continued volatility and unevenness of global growth as countries continue to grapple with the pandemic. She goes on to say, quote, Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine has further increased economic uncertainty. The U.S. financial system has continued to function in an orderly manner, though valuations of some assets remain high compared to historical values. In talking about valuations, she also touched on basically cryptocurrencies in digital assets. She goes on to say, quote, with respect to digital assets, new products and technologies may present opportunities to promote innovation and increase efficiencies. However, digital assets may pose risk to the financial system. So she says they could pose a lot of innovative aspects, but at the same time, they pose risk to the financial system. And those were the comments today out of Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on the U.S. economy, COVID-19 in China, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and of course, cryptocurrencies. But shifting into what the Fed said today in respect to market liquidity in their stability report. So the Federal Reserve did, of course, release their semi-annual report on the markets and financial markets and stability, of course, they highlighted rising risk from the war in Ukraine, monetary tightening, and of course, elevated inflation. So the report said right off, according to some measures, market liquidity has declined since late 2021 in the markets for recently issued U.S. cash, treasury securities, and for equity index futures. The report goes on to say, quote, while the recent deterioration in liquidity has not been as extreme 
as in some past episodes, the risk of a sudden significant deterioration appears higher than normal. In addition, since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, liquidity has been somewhat strained at times in oil futures markets, while the markets for some other affected commodities have been subject to notable dysfunction. Now, in company with this release, this report. We also had commentary from Fed Governor Lael Bernard today as well. She went on to say in reference to the war, quote, has sparked large price movements and margin calls in commodity markets and highlighted a potential channel through which large financial institutions could be exposed to contagion, she said. Now, she went on to say, quote, from the financial stability perspective, since most participants access commodities futures markets through the large bank or broker dealer that is a member of the relevant clearing house, these clearing members are exposed to risk when clients face unusually elevated margin calls, she said. She then rounded out her comments saying, quote, the Federal Reserve is working with domestic and international regulators to better understand the exposures of commodity market participants and their linkages with the core financial system. So in essence, to summarize what she's saying, the Federal Reserve is worried about the exposure by firms to these more illiquid commodity markets. So that's definitely something to note there. Now, the Federal Reserve report continued on the topic of inflation. In fact, it went on to say, quote, elevated inflation and rising rates in the United States could negatively affect domestic economic activity, asset prices, credit quality, and financial conditions more generally. So the Fed is outright saying in this report right here that what they are doing, they're t- elevated inflation and they're tightening to stop this elevated inflation. These rate hikes and balance sheet reduction will have negative effects on the economy economy, asset prices, credit quality, and much more. And then finally, last but not least, not only did Janet Yellen touch on crypto today, but the Federal Reserve did in their report today talking about stable coins. The report goes on to say, quote, additionally, the increasing use of stable coins to meet margin requirements for levered trading in other cryptocurrencies may amplify volatility and demand for stable coins and heighten redemption risk. So the Fed even highlighting some risk here when it comes to the crypto world. Now, shifting in to our final headline of the day, CNBC's David Faber breaking the news that Ford Motors will be selling 8 million shares of Rivian stock here in the next few weeks. In fact, if you take a look at this article here, Currently, Ford owns 102 million shares of Rivian, and Ford will be selling their shares through Goldman Sachs in the coming session. So that is definitely something to note there. Now, they are able to do this because the lockup is finally expiring on these shares. And if you don't know what a lockup is, in essence, what it does is it locks the original investors or early investors and company insiders into holding their shares for a certain amount of time. So when the name IPOs, the market isn't flooded with shares. And of course, then you have a whole bunch of repercussions there. And that is why, of course, they put on these lockups. Well, these lockups or this lockup on Rivian is finally coming off. And therefore, these big time holders are finally going to start offloading these shares. And you have Ford reportedly selling 8 million shares of their stake in Rivian. And also JP Morgan Chase is planning to sell Big blocks of Rivian stock. In fact, a 13 million share block and a 15 million share block for an unknown seller. And both of those blocks 
are priced at $26.90 per share. So some big time sales when it comes to Rivian stock, that stock moving to the downside throughout today's session as well. But that is the show. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing. Go get my boys and fellow team members over at Pounding the Table a listen on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Also, please go and give me and my team a listen and follow at Running With The Money anywhere on social media, Facebook, Instagram, of course, Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter where I post everything from me and the team. Also, keep on listening to the podcast. Subscribe on all of our platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're literally on every podcasting platform you can think of. So go check that out. Until the next one, you see Profit Trade On, and I will see you tomorrow.